That's better. Our scripture reading this morning is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 to 12. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. All right, good morning, Bridge Church. Uh, glad to be back and sharing with you. Uh, it's a little bit of a last-minute thing, but, you know, God's in charge of everything, so... Originally, you know, supposed to be Pastor Eric, but he's gone, and it's supposed to be less, and now it's me. Um, but happy to be able to share God's word with you this morning. And last time I was here, I think I was here about two months ago, I was speaking on the first part of Ephesians. And this first part of Ephesians is about all the spiritual blessings that God has given to believers through faith in Jesus. Uh, a blessing is something that uh, brings good, it brings benefit, it brings well-being. Uh, last time I spoke, we talked about this blessing of being adopted as a child of God. And this morning, we're going to look at two more blessings and how these blessings should change our life as a Christian. So let me just keep it very simple. The, the main point for this morning is this. It's that trust in Jesus' work brings the blessing of freedom and forgiveness. So that's the first slide. Uh, trust in Jesus' work brings the blessing of freedom and forgiveness. Uh, so the key word in this passage, uh, the key words is like redemption, forgiveness, grace. Uh, believers have the privilege of enjoying these blessings here and now. It's not something you have to wait until you go to heaven to enjoy. It's something that God has given to you now through the Holy Spirit. And we always hear a lot about uh, redemption and, and forgiveness and we sing about it a lot and pray about it a lot, uh, but we often don't make use of them fully. I think of it this way. Um, uh, if, you know, during COVID, uh, governments around the world uh, were, were, were giving out cash handouts or you know, some sort of subsidies to their, you know, to their citizens. Now, depending on which country you're in, you got more or less. If you're in Macau, you get more than Hong Kong. Uh, but for those of us who were lucky enough to, you know, I guess be in Hong Kong long enough to get the cash handouts, you know, we, we would make use of it, right? Make use of those couple thousand dollars or even more. Uh, but imagine you went, you heard about it and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to take out like $100 and, and that's enough for me. I don't need the full 10000 or 20000 or whatever. I just need $100. The government can keep the rest. Well, that'd be pretty silly, right? It's like I'm only using $100 when I, there's so much that the government is willing to give to me. It better be taking as much as I can get. Now, often Christians miss out on the full blessing, all the things that God wants to give because we don't make full use of it. We don't really trust that we have this redemption. We don't really trust that we have this forgiveness enough. You know, beliefs deeply shape your experience and reaction to circumstances. 
Uh, when Christians are believing, are not believing the right things about God, uh, who he is and what he's done, it, it leaves you very spiritually depressed and paralyzed. The world seems very, you know, like a dark place, very uh, defeated. Uh, the truth is that through faith in what Jesus has done, we are redeemed and forgiven. But we have to ask ourselves, how much are we living like we are redeemed and forgiven? Um, and in one sense, you know, the answer is always yes, if you're a Christian, you're, you're a believer, so you believe in these things. But in another sense, the answer is, is no, because there are areas in your life, in my life, no matter how long you've been a Christian for, where you don't fully trust that you're completely redeemed and forgiven. And it shows in how we live and how we think. Uh, so this morning, we're going to think about being redeemed and forgiven and how believing this more will change our life. Um, so let me just start with the first one. First point for this morning, Jesus' work frees us from the power of sin. Uh, verse 7 of Ephesians 1 says, In him, in Jesus, we have redemption. Uh, redemption, next slide, is payment of a price to secure freedom. So in the ancient world, uh, it was used a lot when talking about paying to free someone from slavery. So one of the key pictures of redemption in the Bible is the Israelites being freed from slavery. Um, <clears throat> the Israelites lived their whole life controlled by an evil, oppressive power. Uh, the Egyptians controlled where they could live, what they did, how they lived, who was allowed to live. Uh, but God redeemed them. God set them free from the control of Pharaoh. Uh, Christians have been redeemed by God in a similar but more powerful way. Uh, Christians have been set free from all of the powers and consequences of sin. Uh, you know, the fear of death, the, the crushing demands of guilt, the punishment for wrongdoing, the pursuit of destructive desires, the temptations and influences of evil in the world— uh, the price that was paid to secure our freedom was Jesus' death on the cross. But it wasn't just an arbitrary death. Uh, we have redemption through Jesus' blood, is what that verse says. Uh, the emphasis on blood means that Jesus died for the specific purpose of being a sacrifice. Uh, so so the, the idea is this. Now let me just simplify it. We owe God payment for each and every wrong we have ever done or ever thought. Because people are sinners, God has no reason to free us from our sin. But Jesus' death gives God a reason to free us. Jesus' death paid God everything we owed him. But more than that, it gave God a reason to save us. The death of Jesus was a sacrificial death to pay God what was needed to set people free from sin. What does that have to do with you? See, all, all this talk about redemption and sacrifice and freedom will, will make very little sense and be very boring unless you realize one important truth, that you are a slave in desperate need to be freed. Now, when we think about this, it's hard to accept and believe. Uh, the concept of being a slave is pretty foreign to us nowadays. Uh, on top of that, you know, the postmodern world is all about seeking freedom from control in different ways. Uh, slavery in any form is looked down upon. 
and something we want to get rid of, and not just slavery in terms of being forced to work for people for no pay. Uh, you know, we're looking at freedom from the traditional expectations of culture and family, uh, freedom from enslavement to the norms of beauty, freedom to love whom you want and how you want, freedom from the restrictions of a traditional job, freedom from the restraints of biological sex to choose and express your own sexuality the way that you want to. We seek to be in control of our time, our health, our lifestyle, our body. There's countless self-help books written to help people take back control of their life. That's probably the name of a really good book somewhere, a really popular book, right? Take back control of your life. No matter what it is, people don't like the idea that they are not in control. So when God says, you are a slave to sin, it makes you feel uncomfortable. You don't want to be a slave to anything. We want to believe that we have control over what we do and think and feel. Uh, Let me try to rephrase slavery in a way that might be more relatable to you. You If somebody asked you, uh, what are some bad habits that you're trying to get rid of? What would your first response be? Uh, You might be willing to say a couple of things. Uh, You know, I slam the door. I don't pick up after myself. Um... For me, it's I don't put my shoes back in the cupboard, the true cupboard. I don't respond to text or messages on time. I swear when I'm really mad. What if somebody asked you, what addictions are you struggling to be free from in your life? What addictions are you struggling to be free from in your life? Now, you'd probably be more reluctant to answer. In fact, you would probably argue with yourself if you even have any addictions. Because saying that you have an addiction to anything would be admitting that you don't have control, that you are a slave to a desire that you cannot stop seeking after. See, every person is an addict in some way because every person is a slave to sin. Now, when we think of addiction, the first things that come to mind are like addiction to like media, YouTube, Netflix, video games, alcohol, gambling, drugs, sex, all that stuff. Uh, but addictions come in ways that are far more subtle uh, because the root of addiction is found in the desires that control your heart. Uh, people are driven by a desire for power, for security, for satisfaction, for love, for comfort, success, protection, acknowledgement. And these heart desires express themselves in addictions, like an unhealthy work style, excessive amounts of eating, compulsive shopping, destructive relationship patterns, and the list goes on and on. You know, sin is most commonly understood as breaking God's rules, and and that's true. Sin is breaking God's rules, you know, breaking those Ten Commandments. But another aspect of sin isn't so much disregarding a rule, as it is walking away from a person, a relationship. Walking outside a boundary meant to protect you from the evil that's outside. Sin is seeking to find meaning and satisfaction apart from relationship with God as Father. It's God creating a beautiful paradise called Eden, placing all that humanity could ever want in it, all these beautiful trees and, and and, and, saying, and us saying, God, we, we don't want this. We don't want you. We, we want something else. We're going to leave this beautiful garden that you created for us. Sin is the attitude of our hearts that seeks goodness and satisfaction apart from God. 
And this attitude makes us a sin, a slave to our desires, which in control, in, 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 in turn, controls your life. So no matter how much we seek to be free, no matter how much we convince ourselves that we're in control, if we're honest with ourselves, honest with our lifestyles, in many ways, we are not. The good news of the gospel, the blessing that believers have, is that through Jesus, his death on the cross, we have redemption. We are free from sin. We are free from desires which control our lives in different ways. We can find all that we truly desire in Jesus. So I want you to think, what are some addictions that you have in your life? What are some addictions that you have in your life? See, even though we have the blessing of being freed, of being redeemed in Christ, we don't make use of that blessing sometimes. And there's a couple of reasons why, and it has to do with, with your faith, with your belief. How, beliefs shape your experience and reaction to circumstances. And when you're not believing the right things about God, it's going to leave you spiritually paralyzed and depressed and defeated. The truth is, if you're a believer, you are free from the power of sin in your life. The question is, do you believe it? You know, sometimes what keeps Christians from experiencing the blessing of redemption is they don't, they don't believe that they need it. Uh, they believe they can figure it out on their own. They can get rid of this habit. It's not really that bad. You keep telling yourself that in, in, in the back of your mind. Um, or we sort of ignore the addictions that perhaps aren't as apparent to other people. But we downplay the desires of the heart that are not turned towards God. See, the first step to healing from any addiction is admitting that you have a problem. At other times, believers don't make the full use of being redeemed because you actually believe it's better to live as a slave than to be free. See, the reason why addictions are addictions is because in some small way, they give you something of what you're seeking for, but it never lasts long and it's never truly fulfilling. And sometimes you believe that getting that small bit of satisfaction is a lot better than being free from this desire by being satisfied in Jesus. The last reason why believers don't experience the blessing of redemption is because they don't trust that God has freed them and is working to free them. You know, as we grow in faith, uh, after becoming a Christian, the Holy Spirit starts to reveal different areas of sin in your heart. And sometimes after struggling with various addictions and sins for like a really long time, you, you get sort of discouraged. Uh, you, you, keep, you, you tell yourself, you know, I'm never going to be able to change. Uh, we tell ourselves we're always going to be stuck in this same pattern of sin for the rest of our life. Uh, God has redeemed all believers, but his work of redemption takes time. Sometimes it happens very quickly and miraculously. Uh, other times it takes place over a period of time. Um, and our job is to trust that God is leading us towards freedom, just like the Israelites were walking from Egypt to the promised land. Um, let me just share a let me just share a quick testimony, because uh, I feel like we have a bit of time. So about 10 years ago, I, I had a friend. We were working together on this mission. We were serving like, uh, how do I explain? I, we were serving at-risk parts of the city. That means parts of the city that were, that's known for like high gang violence, not, not in Hong Kong, like in Toronto. Uh, so we would do like youth club for these kids. And one of my, uh, one, one of my, uh, one of my coworkers, he was this German guy. And, but before becoming a, Christ, become, becoming a Christian, he was a video game addict. So it was really bad to the point where it was destroying his life. He would get off work and start playing. He would sleep very little and, and do it all over again. 
And for some period of time, he was able to maintain a semblance of a healthy life. Uh, he, had, he was dating, he had a girlfriend, they were on their way to getting engaged, he had a stable job. But warning signs started to come up, you know, expressions of worry from his family. Uh, he knew he should, he should stop and cut back, but he, he told himself that he would, but it never happened. It just kept getting worse, and it started to negatively affect his relationship with his girlfriend. And it dragged on for quite some time until she couldn't take it, uh, gave him an ultimatum. All right, you choose me or you choose video games. Which one are you going to choose? What's the logical answer, right? Well, the guy's like, yeah, I'm going to choose you. Forget video games, right? He couldn't do it. After many false promises and chances, girlfriend left him. And he just sat there so angry and so frustrated with himself and also so heartbroken. He felt so trapped and defeated by his addiction. And, and that's when he was like, God, I need you to save me. That was the start of my colleague's journey to redemption. Now, some of us may not be able to relate to like addiction to video games, uh, but in similar and different ways, we have addictions that are destructive and harmful. The question is, are you willing to admit your need for ongoing redemption? Because we're still in this process. Are you willing to face the sinful habits in your life? Do you believe that Christ is truly better than sin? Do you trust that in your struggle to be free, God is with you? He's working. He's working in you. Trusting Jesus more isn't just, you know, trusting Jesus isn't just the ABCs of Christianity. You've got to trust him more and more. Walk with him every day of your life. That's how we grow as a Christian. And when it comes to addictions, it's not something that we can be free from on our own. Uh, we need God and we need a community of believers in our life to encourage and trust uh, to, to, to encourage us to continue to trust in Jesus. So if there's an addiction in your life that you want God to free you from, you should tell Jesus, but you should tell another brother and sister or sister that you trust. Uh, James 5 says to confess your sins to each other that you may be healed. So in him, we have redemption through his blood. We are redeemed. That's the first blessing. Let me talk about the second one. Second point is this. Jesus' work clears all debts with God. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. We're not only freed from the power of sin in our life, we've also been freed from the consequences of sin, and God no longer sees us as owing anything for our wrongs. Uh, he looks at us with a clean slate. Um, the blessing that comes with forgiveness is that believers have the ability to live a life that's free from guilt and shame. Uh, by guilt, I don't mean the uncomfortable feeling you get when you've clearly done something wrong. Uh, guilt in this sense is a good thing. It comes from the conscience that God has given to everyone to discern right from wrong. What I mean by guilt is the deep sense in our hearts that we need to make up for all of the failures in our life. All right. The bad type of guilt is this deep sense in your heart that you have to make up for all the mistakes and failure in your life. You know, guilt is a powerful controlling factor in people's lives. We carry around guilt for you know, failing to meet expectations from ourselves, from our work, from our family. We carry guilt for all of the poor decisions in life that we've made. And you know, the older you get, the more bad decisions that you make. So it sort of keeps accumulating. 
The horrible thing about guilt is that it drives us to attempt to make up for our past failures, but also tells you that no matter what you do, it's never enough. Uh, Guilt can cause people to intentionally put themselves in danger or harm because they believe that they deserve it. See, uh, one of the key signs to look out for in suicide prevention is an overwhelming sense of guilt. Uh, People who have gotten away with big crimes and small crimes have actually been the ones many times to turn themselves in and solve their own crime mystery because they couldn't handle the guilt inside of their hearts. Uh, There's this famous psychiatrist named uh, Carl Meanger. He said that he could empty 70% of his inpatient beds if he could convince them of one thing. Your sins are forgiven. Um, So guilt leaves you enslaved and trapped by so many things. But through Jesus' work on the cross, we have forgiveness of our trespasses. All of our debts have been cleared before God. As a believer, your status before God is the same as if you have never sinned at all. God holds you guilty for nothing, and God's judgment is the only one that matters. Beliefs deeply shape your experience and reaction to circumstances. The more you embrace the truth that you're totally forgiven by God, the more you are free from the slavery of guilt in your life. Think of it this way. Uh, What's something that you've done in your life that you really regret? What's something that you've done in your life that you really, really regret? It's, it's a thing that keeps coming back to you. It haunts you. It's the incident you keep trying to ignore that you really try to make up for, maybe consciously, maybe subconsciously. You know, most of what people do is driven by guilt. And if we're honest with ourselves, as believers, that's also true. Uh, you know, much of what we're doing for God, uh, we actually do because we feel guilty. You know, there's this inner sense that we feel like we have to make up to God for all the things that he's done for me. But the truth is we can never make up for what God has done for us. All we can do is accept with joy and praise that God has done it for us, and that's the right response. Uh, verse 12 tells us the reason God redeemed us was so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Uh, these feelings of guilt that we have as believers are indicators of areas in our lives where we have not actually trusted that God has fully forgiven us. So I want you to think for a second, okay? How would you go to God differently if you had never sinned or done anything wrong? How would you live differently if your life was completely free from guilt? Uh, My encouragement for all of us this morning is to examine your heart for those feelings of guilt, bring them to God, share them with other brothers and sisters, pray over them, and in faith, let the blessing of forgiveness free you from that guilt. Uh, Jesus died on the cross so that you can live guilt-free in the depths of your heart and soul. Trusting in Jesus isn't just the ABCs of being a Christian, it's how you grow as a Christian. And one sign that you're growing as a Christian is that you don't do things out of guilt, but out of love and thankfulness. Uh, God never wants you to do things for him because you feel guilty. Uh, The blessing that we have as Christians is that through faith, we're free. Trust in Jesus' work brings the blessing of freedom and forgiveness. Um, Let me just say one final point, and it's this, that Jesus' work is done out of God's lavish grace. 
right? So verse seven, believers have redemption, we have forgiveness, and it's given to us according to the wealth or the riches of God's grace. And this grace is lavished on us. Uh, Grace is undeserved, unearned favor and benefit. And God is infinitely full of it. He has all of this forgiveness. He he has all this freedom that he wants to pour into our life. Uh, Think of it this way. Uh, Pop quiz, who's the richest man in the world? Just shout it out. Who's the richest man? No, 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 no quiz night people here. Not, not Bezos, it's actually Elon Musk. Uh, Elon Musk t- passed it, Jeff Bezos a while ago. So uh, when, I la- when I last checked, Elon Musk was worth 197 billion US dollars. Okay, uh, let me try to help us visualize, okay? So can I get the next picture on the screen? All right, rice, all right? We're in Hong Kong, so I assume we've all had rice and, you know, I don't like rice, but rice is, this is a rice analogy, okay? Just, just for fun. So imagine that one single grain of rice equals 100,000 US uh, HKD dollars. I mean, wait, yeah, USD dollars, 700,000 HKD dollars. Uh, so m- most of us here would not have enough for a single grain of rice, okay? If that, if, it was, if that was the ratio. Now, 10 grains of rice would be a million dollars USD, 7 million Hong Kong. 10,000 grains of rice would be a billion dollars US, $6 billion HKD. Now, Jeff Bezos's pile of rice would be 58 pounds. Okay, 58 pounds, that's how much uh, he has. Um, I just want you to think about, like, just imagine this rice and just imagine God is pouring all this rice all over you and this rice is just God's grace. He just has so much, he just wants to pour it out on you. He's pouring out all this grace and all you need to do is reach out and take more of it, take as much of it as you can. Um, let me tell you another interesting story. Uh, when I first moved into Hong Kong, um, my wife and I moved into some Shippo area, fun area to be in. My wife was, uh, I think one of the first couple of weeks she was walking around just exploring the area. She hears this loud noise on one of like, the, the streets of, of some Shippo. And she sees people running towards this part of the street and she sees things flying down from the sky and yelling. So she goes closer to look and it's actually money. Somebody like, it was just like this whole like Bitcoin, like sort of like a promotion thing. He was literally giving out like, like thousands and thousands of dollars of Hong Kong money, just pouring it on the streets and people were just grabbing it. Um, God is just so much more generous than that. That's how generous he is. And we just need to continue to believe and receive more of that grace in our life. Uh, So let me just conclude. Um, Trust in Jesus' work brings a blessing of freedom and forgiveness. He wants you to be more free and to be just more motivated in love for him each day of your life. But to really take a hold of these blessings, you need to trust Jesus more each day. You need to repent of the sinful addictions that you still want to hold on to. You need to repent for the ways that you're trying to make up for wrongs instead of trusting in God's forgiveness. And we need to encourage each other as a church family to be doing this. Um, So my prayer for you this morning is that, you know, in a week, in a month, in a year, you'll be able to look back um, and just realize like how blessed you are, how, how forgiven and how free you are in a deeper way. Uh, let me just pray to end. Uh, Father, I just thank you for this time that we've had to just reflect on your word uh, for a little bit. And yeah, we just want to thank you, God. Thank you that in you, in Jesus, we are free. We are redeemed in you. We are forgiven and that you've just lavished this grace on us so richly. And I just pray that each of us here would experience that grace just a little bit more each day. Uh, Even as we leave today, we would just experience your grace just a little bit more. And we would just 
um, want to praise you and to share that grace with others just so naturally, God. And I pray that um, you know, the Bridge Church would just be a church that continues to grow in joy, um, that continues to grow in thankfulness uh, because they're experiencing uh, the blessing of being redeemed and forgiven more. In your name we pray. Amen.